This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. There's a big item on the agenda at City Council, and it's something that hasn't received that much attention, in my opinion. City Council is dealing with the issue of whether to move to a system of open tenders for municipal work. A new provincial law is allowing them to do that if they want to do that. Right now in Toronto, the field of unions is limited to nine that have signed province-wide collective agreements. So if City Council approves this move to open things up, it could be, bidding could be opened up to other unions and non-union shops, or there could be a compromise solution. So now we get to the estimates of the amount of money that could be saved, and they range from a low of about 2% all the way up to 25%. That would be 25% of a $1.7 billion budget. So on the one hand, the supporters say it could save tens or even hundreds of millions of dollars, and the opponents argue that, well, we're in a construction boom, so maybe not so much. Savings would not necessarily materialize and quality could be compromised. So people, do you have an opinion on this? 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. And right now, I would like to bring in Councillor Stephen Holliday, the Deputy Mayor and Councillor for Ward 3, Etobicoke Centre, and Councillor Mike Layton, Ward 19, Trinity Spadina. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us. Hi, Libby. Good afternoon. Okay, let's start with Stephen Holliday. Your take on this, please. Sure. Thanks, Libby. It is complicated, as you said in your lead-in, and it's not necessarily something that's grabbing headlines, but there is potential here. Uh, for savings. And we know uh, different people have different opinions on the amount of savings, but I got stopped right at the idea that maybe this is better for the city of Toronto. Uh, It creates more competition and it could lead to better outcomes when you get more people at the table making bids on projects for the city. Okay. Um, Mike Layton, what's your view? Well, I think the, the cost savings that are predicted are, are unlikely. And I think that with a decision like this comes a certain amount of risk. Because I think the one people that, the, the one thing that people want more than just the job being done for the cheapest price is the job being done right and the job being done safely. And that's what you get when you, when you have collective agreements with unionized shops. And the, the name of this is kind of a misnomer. I think, and I think Stephen would agree. It's not that there's no competition now. It's not that it's, it's closed completely. There are uh, th- there are contractors that work with the unions that there are collective agreements for, uh, and and they can bid on projects. Uh, and so with that comes a certain amount of certainty that you're getting 
your appropriate training and, and safety measures that are being followed, uh, that you're getting good quality because the people know what they're, what they're doing. But then there's another piece, and that's that the city has other policy goals around its major construction projects. Oftentimes, when there's a construction project in a community, a low-income community, we come up with community benefit agreements where there's a certain amount of training and jobs that go to individuals. Well, the existing, the existing unions that we work with have programs for that. So we don't have to go and constantly monitor them. We don't have to go and check the job sites to make sure that things are being done a certain way. We know it already is. Stephen Holliday, you know, we all hear the stories about how much some of these municipal works cost. And some of the numbers seem staggering. I mean, uh, remember there was that that big issue of a, of a guy who went to fix some steps in a park, spent 500 bucks to do it, and, and the cost of the city was, I think, $65,000. Uh, is it a fact that by, by restricting the bidding to these unions that the, the work just costs a lot more? Well, I'm just trying to apply some logic to it. And logic tells you that when you go to more people and you bring more people to the table to innovate, you have better opportunity for savings. One point I want to make sure that everyone understands, this isn't about union versus non-union or union busting. It's completely different. The, the point here is that the city, through labor laws and rulings, are tied to some very, very specific unions for very, very specific work. And there's other people out there, other unionized entities that can also do this work that are cut out of it. For instance, uh, CLAC, Christian Labor Assembly, is a very large construction union. They're all over Ontario. And the people that work for CLAC in the City of Toronto can't work on jobs in the City of Toronto because they are cut out of it. So the legislation that's being proposed by the government opens it back up so that they too can bid on the jobs, along with all of the other construction trades that are currently working on it today. So what they're really doing is just making the doors open a bit wider for other people to get in on the work. But but non-union shops would be allowed to bid as well, isn't that right, Mike? That's that is correct. Uh, it would be opening up the doors to uh, to, to non-union employers, uh, where the city would have to actually play a, a, a larger role in ensuring that our fair wage policy is being followed to ensure that the adequate safety uh, is being met for the workers. And we had an example of uh, of a non-union shop where it went terrible terribly awry with. The death of workers just uh, just just a couple of years ago and uh, in, in the Christmas season. Like this, this is what we're trying to avoid by having these collective agreements. We have certainty that they have trained professionals, that they're meeting our other targets, our other policy targets around community development and workforce development. Uh, that they're uh, also providing quality workmanship. We don't want to repair things. Yeah, uh, just a couple of years after because it wasn't. It wasn't built properly the first time. Um, I, I personally would prefer the certainty that it's happening correctly uh, and that we're not just racing to the bottom of the per- person that's going to do the cheapest job. Does it uh, come down to uh, politics? Your city councillors are not supposed to be p- politically affiliated, but obviously, say, some are uh, affiliated with the NDP. The NDP supports unions. So uh, is it, does it just come down to the politics of the people on the council? Either of you? Well, I'll throw it in there. I'm, I'm just trying to take a logical path on this. Uh, we've got advice from our own city manager 
that, uh, that we should allow this legislation to pass. I mean, that's what it says in the report, because we'll be better off at the other end of things. There'll be more people available to do this work. We've got uh, requirements built into the specifications that we have on the people that bid for the jobs. So I, when someone says, you know, there's potential here, there's potential for savings, I don't know why you would go against that logic. And, uh, you know, to me, it's a very simple, straightforward thing, even though all of the circumstances around it are very complicated with respect to labor law. And, you know, it takes uh, it takes more than a, just a couple of minutes sitting down with somebody to explain the history and how it works. But uh, that's how, how crisp I see the issue. Uh-huh. Do you have a figure on how much could be saved, Stephen? Uh, well, it just depends who you talk to. Uh, the the um, construction unions uh, have met with me. They have been very articulate and um, and assertive about their arguments, and they, they would push things downwards and say, well, it's maybe only a couple of percent, or some will say none at all, versus the others that are advocating for larger opening tendering. They say it's in the hundreds of millions of dollars. I, don't know, I guess I've been around here long enough to know that the actual amount is somewhere between the two. But to me, any amount is uh, is savings. And in particular, with the criticisms from the provincial government that have been put on us about finding savings around the city, I think more so than ever, we have to pay very close attention to these decisions. Uh, yeah, Mike Layton, I mean, the the mayor has committed to try to find savings. The retroactive cuts that were going to be so harmful were, uh, were delayed. Uh, uh, wouldn't this be a way of, of finding those savings without cutting programs? Well, if you look into a, a staff report that was written just a couple of years ago, that's where they that's where the figure has been circulating that it's it's more like a one percent, two percent possibility of savings, but it doesn't factor in uh, whether or not what we're going to achieve will be to the same quality, whether or not we're going to meet the same uh, levels of safety under un, under non unionized contracts that could be awarded. Like the 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 province has a policy that we've got to take the lowest possible bid. And unfortunately, that doesn't mean that we're getting the best quality of work as a result at the end of the day. And if we've got a, if our sidewalk just a couple of years after it's, it's built and the warranties expired is already crumbling, then we've got a serious problem. And, and, and it's not, uh, that, that short term financial gain is actually resulting in a greater cost at the end of the day. Uh, so I think that, like, we've got to rely on, uh, on some of our common sense that we've got a system here that we, we are able to find savings in on a regular basis uh, that, that is driven by market forces because there is competition now. Um, it's just not as widespread because we make some assumptions that like our, the, the, the workers are going to have a certain level of training, that they're going to have a certain level of, uh, of precaution in, in, in the safety that's taken, as well as achieving some of the city's other policy goals. Uh, and if, if it's, if it's going to start to question whether or not we're achieving those same things uh, or that we have to now monitor them in a different way that puts, puts additional costs on the city, uh, then I think why, why go ahead and, uh, and, and change a system that's not broken. Let's take a quick call from Helen in Toronto. Hi, Helen. Hi, Libby. I've been banging on this tambourine for five years. There is this intersection that I have a letter five year, dated five years ago. They are going to repair it. The la- I spoke about 10 days ago to the person who heads the department, not only for interse- for that intersection, but also for the paving in my area, for which he has 75 pictures. 
he says to me that I'm sorry, we can't do that because other things are priority. And I said, well, you know, till a kid gets killed, right? And he said to me, well, it's too small a project. I said, in that case, we could make it a bigger one by fixing the sidewalk and the uh, roads around the thing at the same time. Now, I don't think an individual, <clears throat> excuse me, contractor would be uppity enough to say, hey, not big enough job, uh, because that job can be enhanced, as can the roads in this area. Okay. One other thing, they patched half a hole in front of my house. Okay. Thanks, Helen. I'll run that by now. Uh, I've got to say that in uh, right near my house, we have potholes that haven't been repaired. We have a, a leak from a water main underneath that's been there for uh, at least a couple of months. Uh, Stephen Holiday, would this system make things get done quicker? Uh, hard to say. I would say that the experiences of the caller are the types of experiences that I go through all the time as a city councillor. We sometimes have to get involved in these projects to make sure there's a high level of customer service. And I appreciate that it's frustrating. It happens around my house too. But um, that goes to show that you know, uh, no contractor is perfect, regardless of the trades that they're carrying. Um, and I would say, to me, a system like this would bring more people in, more contractors in, more sub-trades in, and potentially with more competition, you might get better results. But uh, I, would, I would never go so far as to say things would be perfect. Okay, and Mike, uh, what do you think is going to happen on this? Uh, when is the, the vote's coming up any time, right? Well, it should be coming up either later today or early tomorrow. Uh, and to, to the previous caller's point, I'll also say it's the, it, I think it's the same in, in Councillor Holiday's word as it is in mine and, and as it is around, uh, uh, around your place, Libby, that uh, like it's, it's some of the smaller jobs uh, can, can get overlooked. And, and to be honest, I think the only way that we'd actually get the level of receptiveness is if we did more of this kind of work in-house with City of Toronto employees so that we weren't having to put these tiny projects together in bundles to get done. Like, that takes time. It takes money administering the contract. If instead what we did was have a strong public service that could go out there and do these small work, uh, do this small work at the request of uh, the community, the councillor, or their, their superior at City Hall, uh, that, that would allow us to get some of these small pieces done more effectively and, and, and faster and probably at a better price because we know we're going to have to do that work. We know we're going to have to buy a certain amount of cement and asphalt. We can use the power of the size of the city to help get us a better deal for that. Like That's the type of thing that could result in cost savings that would demonstrate that the city's serious about saving costs, but at the same time, get a product that we'll have to stand by because it was us doing it. Uh, Stephen Holiday, we're almost out of time. What's your prediction about how this will go? Uh, hard to say. It's a, it's a controversial issue, uh, to say the least, among councillors because of all of the different interests. And you can imagine we've got people from the trades and from the uh, independent contractors coming at us advocating for their position. So we'll have to see. But at the end of the day, I think people should hold their councillor accountable for the vote that they take. And uh, they should ask those questions when their councillor comes around at the door the next election is how you voted on this type of thing. Did you go for uh, the, the, the current status quo or did you go for a change that might have opened things up? Okay. Uh, that is all the time we have. Thank you so much, Councillor Stephen Holliday and Councillor Mike Layton. People, we will keep you updated on this. I think it's an important issue. Thank you both again. Thank you. Thanks. 
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.